Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Give God 30 seconds of great praise right now. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that your never-ending pursuit of us doesn't end, God. No matter what we came from, no matter what we've done, your love breaks through barriers, breaks through mountains, breaks through whatever it needs to do to get to us. God, today, as your presence is in this place, I pray our hearts become open to receive whatever it is that you have for us. Lord, the Bible says that if one or two gather in your name, you will be there. I'm looking out in this room and I see people that are more than adequate (laughs) to meet that need, God. And so we are here, ready, expectant for you to show up, God. Expectant. Ready. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody in the room said, Amen. Amen. Hey, give it up one more time for Jesus. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. Hey, have a seat where you guys are at. Go ahead, have a seat. Have a seat. This is the part where you can get comfy. If you have a cell phone and you take notes on that, grab your cell phone and take notes on that. If you have a notebook, get out your notebook. If you don't know me, my name is Alex Howe, and I have the privilege of serving here at New Vision as the family pastor. And uh, I've been here since July, and it has been an absolute blessing. Um, the people that I've encountered, the, the people that are going here, the people on staff, it has just been an absolute blessing, and it's been amazing. Uh, if you come and you're wondering why the guy up there is a little bit darker than the regular guy that's here, uh, that's... Because I'm not the lead pastor. Our lead pastor is out this weekend, uh, Pastor Kevin. Uh, that's my mentor, and I'm super excited that he gave me the opportunity to, to bring forth the word to you guys today. Um, he'll be back next week to finish out our Thankful series. But who was here last week by chance? Saw week one of Thankful. Did you guys like that? Pastor Kevin brought a word entitled, Now What Do You Say? And so it was really powerful, and he's given me the opportunity to present week two. And so I want to hop into the Word, and uh, we'll be in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. When you get there, somebody say, okay, yes, awesome, raise your hand, I don't care, but let me know you're there, and paying attention. There you go, or you can say amen, I guess that's more, that's more church etiquette, huh? And so we'll pick it up. Just before we get into this text and understanding where we're at right now, uh, Paul was imprisoned uh, many different times in his lifetime here on earth. Uh, When he was ministering and telling people about Jesus, he got imprisoned a few times. And so he was imprisoned where there was a time where I'm sure you heard of when he was with Silas, where he was at midnight, the chains came off. You guys know about that one. And then this time he's actually writing these three letters. He writes three letters to pastors, um, to the church. And so it's 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And right now, he's writing a letter to Timothy. He's writing a letter to Timothy. And 
understand that the first time that he was in prison, it was behind bars, like I said, with Silas. But this time, it's not more of an actual prison. It's more of a, a confined area. Uh, I read a few um, commentaries that said that Paul was in an area where there were still people around, but he could still invite people to his house. So I'm guessing in our time, it would be more of a house arrest, right? And so he's on house arrest, but yet he still has the awareness and perspective to write his student, Timothy, a letter. And so we'll pick up in verse 12. Paul says this, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. Two great words right here. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I, Paul, am the worst of them all. There's those two powerful words again. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example for his great patience, even with the worst of sinners. Then others will, excuse me, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. I want to take the few moments I have with you today and speak to you from the title of Thankfulness on Display. Thankfulness on Display. Let me pray again, and then we'll get started. Lord, thank you again for who you are. I pray right now as we prepare to receive your word, God, um, I pray you would anoint me, use me as your vessel right now to communicate the words that you need me to communicate, God. Allow people to have open hearts to receive it. Allow them to be leaned in and ready to receive, God. Father, we love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thankfulness on display. So let me tell you a quick story. This one's a funny story. Uh, my wife doesn't even know I'm going to tell it, but grace. <laughs> uh, so you guys know that I have a, a wife right here in the front. Her name's Karina. Uh, we've been married for, oh yeah, yeah, get my wife. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we've been married for two years. It'll be three this next June. Wow, that is, I didn't realize it, that was quick. <laughs> we'll be married three years this next June. Uh, we have a son. His name's uh, AJ. Um, he's one and a half. And uh, the story is, uh, <laughs> so you guys know when you have a baby, uh, you're the ladies on maternity leave. And so my wife was on maternity leave, and uh, she doesn't even know this, but I was going to work. You know, she was at home taking care of my son and everything. At this point in my life, I've taken care of, taken care of uh, my brother as an infant and my little sister. They weren't even infants. I mean, my, my dad was still around and my stepmother was still around. So I didn't necessarily have to take care of them on my own, right? And so my wife is taking care of my son and She's doing it for, you know, however long maternity leave is, two or three months. And so I'm just, I'm like, all right, cool. So I come home after work and, you know, 
I'm just, you know, hey, you good? Uh, I'll hang out with AJ, rock him to sleep, boom. You know, you need to get the bottles ready. All right, I'll get the bottles ready. We're good. Cool. I was off on Fridays, and my wife went back to work. All right? So my wife goes back to work, and it's that first Friday coming up, the first Friday that I have to take care of a child, a baby, on my own, no supervision, no wife to, to help me, nothing at all, nothing. It's just me and AJ, one-on-one, a mano a mano, throw up, poop, all that, me versus him. And so it gets to that day, we get to the Friday, and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and I'm thankful for my wife. I'm like, hey, hey babe, appreciate you. I know it's hard work staying at home. Yeah, boop. Well, I didn't understand that until I had to stay at home that first time. So I stay at home that first Friday. That first Friday, so um, my wife gets up, she goes to work. You know, AJ's waking up a few times. You know, I get the bottle for him, boop, you know, put him back to sleep, good. All right, cool. You know, about 30, 20 minutes, he cries again. All right, hold him for a little bit. I'm holding him. I'm watching TV, Sports Center, or something. He falls back to sleep. All right, cool, boop, lay him back down in the crib or in the bed. And so, <laughs> He, he kept doing that for like two hours. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm feeding you. You're, you're clean, all this stuff. So I'm like, maybe he just like wants to play. And so I take him. I'm, lay, I'm laying on my couch. And so I'm like, all right, goo goo gaga. I love you. What's up, buddy? You doing well? And so as I'm talking, my son spits into my mouth his vomit in grossness. He spits it into my mouth. <laughs> and... I'm like, like, you know how, like, you know how, like, as soon as something goes in your mouth that's not supposed to be in your mouth, your instant reaction, you just spit it out. I accidentally spit it back on him. I wash him. It's all good. It's good. I, wa- I wash him. It's good. But here's the thing. I, I was feeding him, but I forgot to burp him. I forgot to burp him. So as soon as, like, that was why he was crying. He kept waking up. He had all this in his chest, but I missed the detail. And so... I was very thankful in that moment. It's different when you're thankful for someone, but once you experience something and you experience what that person does for you, the thankfulness gets on another level. You with me? And so I then understood the significance of my wife and how thankful I am (laughs) for her. And so what I want you guys to understand before I get deep into this is that if we're going to be thankful for something, we need to understand the significance of it. We need to understand the significance of what it is that we're being thankful for. And so let me pick up with you where we were in verse 12. Paul starts off this this talk by saying, I thank Christ our Lord. He says, I thank Christ our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. If we're going to live a life with our thankfulness on display, the first thing that we have to do is acknowledge the source. We have to acknowledge the source and give thanks to the source for where we're at. Paul has the awareness in this moment. He just finished talking to Timothy about false prophets and how to confront that in the church, the previous scriptures before. And now he's like, now I need you to really understand something. I need you to really understand the gratitude I have for Christ. Because there's going to be some times, Paul understood there's going to be some times in Timothy's life where the enemy is going to try to use his past to hold him down. And so he was like, you need to understand this. I thank Christ and give him the praise and honor and glory for where I'm at right now, even though I was under house arrest, right? He acknowledges the source. And so my challenge for you right now is where you're at right now, your job, retirement, doesn't really matter, wherever you are, 
Are you acknowledging the source by giving thanks, or are you complaining every step of the way? Ooh, you didn't like that one, did you? Are you complaining about where you're at right now? I don't know about what God you serve, but the God I serve is sovereign. And I understand that where he's put me in this place right now, us, wherever we are in life, retired, just transitioned to a new job, just came out of a job, looking for a job, looking for a new place to stay, God has placed you there for a reason. In that exact spot, Paul is exactly where God needs him to write this letter to Timothy. Paul starts it off, the whole gratitude spill that he gives. He says, first of all, before I get into how I was a sinner and how we need to be an example and all that, I thank Christ. That's the first thing he says. For us right now, as we walk into our jobs, as we go through our day-to-day life, maybe we're retired or whatnot, the people that are around you, you know, you're hanging out with your family every day. Maybe you're helping one of your kids at their job. I don't, I don't know. But are you complaining? Can people look at you and be like, I don't know what God they serve because they don't seem thankful. They don't seem like where they're at right now, it's a good place in life for them. And so for us right now, for us right now, are we looking at our life and thanking God for every small thing? Are we just looking at the big thing and saying, God, this is not where I need to be. I don't know what's going on. I don't like this person, that person, the other person. Let's let's take a step back. Let's, okay, you walk into your job. I'm giving thanks to Christ. Thank you for what you did for me, Jesus. That's what Paul did. Thank you for what you did for me. Let me pray for this person. I'm not going to complain about how they talk to the boss bad about me every day. Thank you, God, for this person. Allow me to reach them through my life. Thank you for the person that comes late every day and messes up my flow. But I'm going to pray for that person. Maybe they have a baby at home that they're a single mom or a single dad and they have to run them to daycare. And I don't know that. But let me pray for that person. That's the perspective. As we're walking through our day-to-day life, we need to have. Acknowledge the source. Thank God for where you're at right now. Thank God for where you're at right now. There's a story that I want to tell you again. Uh, what is this, 2019? Two years ago, I moved back. Uh, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, me and my wife. We moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. We were there for uh, about six or seven months. And so previously, before we moved, I was working here, or excuse me, I was volunteering at a high level at a church here in Kansas City. And so it came a point where I was, excuse me, there came a point where, there came a point where I was like, God, okay, I've reached where I feel I need to reach, God. Where do I need to go next? What, what is it? Um, and the Lord revealed to me a door at a church in Charlotte. And so me and my wife, we took that door, and we went down there. And so we went down there, and this is right after me and my wife got married. And so my wife had gotten pregnant right after we had gotten married. And so we moved to Charlotte. My wife got pregnant. She was very sick at the time, super sick. She couldn't get out of bed. Pregnancy had really, that pregnancy had really messed her up. Uh, and so we get down there. I, granted, I had prayed for this opportunity. Remember that. I prayed for this opportunity. I get down to Charlotte, and it was all good. It was awesome. It was honey and milk. It was great. And then my wife gets sick. I'm like, okay, God, my wife's sick, but I know that I'm supposed to be here. And then, you know, the church starts to move fast, and I'm like, God, what's going on? Uh, Things are just going not how I thought it was going to go. And a season that I had been praying for, I ended up complaining and asking God, why am I even here? I don't understand this. Why is this person talking to me like this? Why am I even coming here every single day? 
I had been complaining about something I had prayed for literally six months ago. I was in a season complaining about what I asked God to give me. And it wasn't until I got out of that season that I had the perspective I have now. Thank God for being sovereign and not listening to me and pulling me out two months in when I wanted him to, when my wife was sick. I wouldn't be able to stand here today and serve under Pastor Kevin. And so what I'm telling you is that the season that you're in, be careful before you complain because you probably prayed for it. That new job that you asked for, you prayed for that. I know you did. Who doesn't? Lord, give me a new job, a little bit more money. Woo, shout out. Give me, give me something, God. We pray for it. Acknowledge the source where you're at. Thank God for where you're at. Let's continue in the scripture. Let's see what Paul says after that. Verse 13, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Paul right now is telling Timothy, do not allow your past to paralyze you. And that leads me to my second point. Do not allow your past to paralyze you. I don't know if you know Paul very well, but Paul, before the Lord changed his name to Paul, his name was Saul. And as his name was Saul, he did some very horrific things to Christians. He did terrible things to people that uttered the name of Jesus Christ and followed him, followed Jesus. He would kill them. He would allow them to be in prison. He didn't care for them at all. It says it right here in the scripture, verse 13. He says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. I persecuted his people. But yet Paul was one of the first people to plant the church in the Bible. Paul's past didn't disqualify him from his future. There's a lot of people that have been thinking about things that they've done in the past. There's a lot of people that have been walking in lies that their parents might have told them, walking in generational curses that are on them right now. But there is something that happens when you call on the name of Jesus. I don't know who this is for, but your past does not disqualify you. What your mom said doesn't disqualify you. What your peers might have said before doesn't disqualify you. The trauma that you might have experienced as a child or a young adult does not disqualify you from what God wants to do to you in the future. Not only does your past paralyze you for the future, it robs you of your present. It robs you of your present right here because you're stuck on what someone said to you that was, first of all, mad at you, doesn't know what God has for you in your life, and the enemy is using that to keep you from getting to where you need to be. When Paul says in verse 13, like I said, when he says, I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people. The first thing I think of when it says I persecuted his people, there was a young man named Stephen in the Bible. There was a young man named Stephen in the Bible. Stephen was a follower of Jesus. He was a great, great follower of Jesus. And there came a time where um, they wanted to put him to death. 
And Paul, he was Saul at the time, sat there and watched Stephen get stoned to death, and he okayed it. He okayed it. And when I look at that, and I'm like, if a man that, if a man that persecuted Christians, killed Christians, imprisoned them, if God can use him to write majority of the New Testament, let's continue before I get going. I want to show you this. Let's read 13 again. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, and in my insolence I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me, because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious the Lord, our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and watch this. This is what I wanted to show you. And I am the worst of them all. There's been some times in your life where you said this to yourself. Maybe you haven't, I have at least. There's been some times in my life where I'm like, how could God use me after what I've done to these people, how I hurt this person, how I cursed out this person, how I got into a fight with this person, how could God use me if, if I've done all that? Do not allow your past to paralyze you. There's a reason that Paul takes the time to use three verses, 13, 14, and 15, to explain to him his past. He knew that as Timothy is going into the world and as he's ministering, the enemy was going to try to come up and sneak behind him and say, Timothy, remember when you used to do this? Remember when you used to do this? And it's a very significant thing to understand that if you allow it to paralyze you, you can't be thankful for your present and you can't go to your future because you're stuck on the past of someone that lied about you, someone that told you something that isn't true about you, some trauma that you endured. That stuff happened to you so that you have a story to tell about God's grace and mercy. Don't allow your past to paralyze you. There's two words. After Paul says this, he says, I am the worst of them all. There's two words that covers all of it. There's two words that cover everything that Paul endured excuse me, everything that Paul had put other people through. But God had mercy on me. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God has mercy on me to use me in the way that he chooses. Where you're at right now, God wants to use you. God wants to use you where you're at right now. But if you're stuck there, and you're, and you're complaining, and you're telling yourself, God, you're just trying to get out of the season, and you miss the person that you're supposed to impact? Come on. Slow down. Be where you're at. Be thankful. Don't complain. Don't allow your past to paralyze you from, from your future or your present. Because the story that you have about your past, there's someone that is not a Christian right now, there's someone that's not a Christian right now that needs to hear the very story that you're allowing to paralyze you. The thing that you went through 
is to show another person that they can overcome it too. Through the power of Jesus Christ. But God had mercy on me. But God had mercy on me. It's so significant that Paul puts that. It's not by accident that he uses three verses to explain his point. But God had mercy on me. Let's continue. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. Watch this. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. The last point I want to give you is be God's example. Be God's example. Everything that Paul had did, the persecution, the blasphemy of Christians, everything that Paul had did in his past, someone needed to see to know that they can come to Jesus too. Paul uses example in this text. Let me show you the definition of example. The definition of example is this, illustrating a general rule. That's the definition of example, illustrating a general rule. As you can see, it says illustrating. When someone uses the term illustrating, it's when they're talking about a picture, correct? Thankfulness on display. Thankfulness on display. When someone looks at your life in the whole totality, the big picture as they zoom out, what are they looking at? Your life, when people hang it up, when you hang it up, excuse me, when you hang up your life, people should be able to see that you are thankful for where you're at, that you are thankful for what God has done for you, that you are thankful for the season of life that you're in right now. Every single day you get up, the place that you go to, the people you encounter have to be able to see God in you. They have to be able to see God in you. It's thankfulness on display. Paul has the awareness to understand that his life is an example to Timothy. It's not by mistake that the Bible talks about Follow me as I what? Follow Christ. There's people that are lost right now in your life. Instead of going into your job complaining, go into your job thankful for the season that God's put you in and thank him for the people that you need to reach where you're at. It takes awareness, it takes perspective, and it takes a level of maturity to get what Paul is talking about right here. Gratitude for what God has done for me on display in my life. Gratitude on display in my life. Through how I love people, 
through how I react to situations, through the conversations I'm having, every piece of your life, someone needs to see God in it. If you get into a confrontation at work, respond out of love. Respond out of grace. Respond out of mercy. It says, but God had what? Mercy on me. Use that in your life. Put thankfulness on display in your life. I told you I went to Charlotte. I came back and I worked at a church here in Kansas City. I worked there for a year and a half as a kids director. During this time, I have a little brother. His name is Gabriel. I get choked up again. My brother Gabriel watches everything I do. Watches everything I do. He'll call me when he needs anything. I never directly have given him the gospel or told him about Jesus, but he saw the life that I was living. He saw the picture of my life that I was living. He saw me around my wife, how I would interact with her. He saw how I would interact with my dad, how I interact with my stepmom. They have a restaurant. They would see how I interact with, he would see how I interact with the people. And about five months ago, I was driving home one day and he calls me and I'm like, he just calls me all the time. I'm like, what's up, man? Like, what's up? You want to watch the game or something? He said, hey, bro, I just want you to know that I love you. I'm like, all right, love you too, man. I thought he was in trouble. And he says, he says, I don't know what's going on, but I've watched you live your life out the past few years. And there's something that is tugging on me to become baptized, be baptized. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I was like, well, let's slow down. Before you get baptized, you know, you got to give your life to Jesus. And he said, I already did. What? Yeah, that's why I'm calling you. And so we, we gave thanks for that. I was excited then. He said, but the only way I'm going to get baptized is if you do it. And so... And so, about three months ago, was it three months? Three months ago, I got to baptize my brother in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's because of the thankfulness I had on display in my life. Be God's example. Be God's example. That's what Paul said in 17. Be God's example because what? Then he said, Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of great patience, even with the worst of sinners. He says, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Stand up everywhere, I'm done.
as we enter back into this time of worship, you think about your specific season you're in right now. And you think about, if someone looked at me, can they see the love of God? There's a specific person in all of your lives that you probably avoid. I bet it. I'll bet my bottom dollar on it because I've been there. During this time of worship, give God thanks for where you're at. Give him thanks for where he's going to take you. And give him thanks for covering your past. Lift your hands all over this place and begin to worship the Lord. prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.